Chicka chicka hello. Hello. Oh, hey. Oh, hi, Mervin. <clears throat> How are you doing today? Wait, is this the show? This, I mean, we can, yes. Uh, yes. Well, let's do a better start than that. You're here early. I like that. I know. I was ready. This is the show, right? <laughs> yeah. I tell my family this. Yeah. And I tell people, I tell my family this, but there's only two things in life. Okay. You're the early or you're late. I, I so agree with that. You're Do you really? Early. Yes, and I'm one of those people who are. I'm very. I like to be early to things if I can be. Well, because there's on no such time thing is as ten being, minutes early. There is no on time. Right. On time is like one micro nanosecond, and then you're late. You know what I'm saying? I do. I, I'm I would... such a pill about this, Dan. God, I'm insufferable. So you if know you what? have if you have an yeah. appointment, Merlin. Yes. Yes. And let's say the appointment is at three. What time are you at the place for the three o'clock appointment? What time okay. are you at there? Are you looking for? Um, I'm sorry, I'm getting over COVID. I know. Are, are you Are you asking me this question? I am asking you this question, Merlin. Finally, I am finally. I'm going to answer you. answer your question with an anecdote. It's brief. When okay. I was a believe it or not, I was an RA, a resident assistant, for a year, uh, my second year at New College. And as I've stipulated before, an RA at New College is not the RA you think of at most schools. We mainly gave out condoms, toilet paper, and light bulbs to people who wanted them. <laughs> right. Um, whether they want them or not. We just <laughs> right. You're getting You're getting It's pretty dark in there. <laughs> Do you want a light bulb or a condom? Because let's really work that dark. Um, work that dark. Okay. Um, and, and so uh, I, I was really poorly suited for the job. I, I, I mean, it's in a lot of ways, <laughs> not least because um, uh, I, I had taken up with a young woman, uh, uh, believe it or not, the week that RAs got there a week early to get training and stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, and I'd taken up with another RA. So, you know, if I'm being honest, there were a lot of nights where we, we probably should have been in our own room yeah, in case somebody needed condoms, <laughs> light bulbs, or toilet paper. <laughs> yes. Um. But one of the things they did in later, you know, pretty early on is they sent us to the Red Cross to do it's a course I think a lot of people have taken. Like a, it's a course like a babysitter takes, you know, or it, it's not like lifeguard training, but you go and you get the basic like how to how to like quickly determine what to do about, you know, does somebody need mouth to mouth? Do they mm-hmm. need CPR? Like and then like, you know, just you're not going to like fix anything, but it's how to be the original first responder if you need to be. Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. And so all eight RAs piled into a van and drove to this place. And it, uh, somewhat unusual for Sarasota, if memory serves, we left with a good amount of time left to get there. But we got there, oh, my God, and we couldn't get parking, whatever it was. But we were 10 minutes late, mm-hmm. eight hippies. I should mention that the young woman with whom I'd taken up, she had hairy legs in the whole nine. Oh, wow. Title. <laughs> And, uh, and we're, <laughs> hey, look at us. We're wearing bandanas and stuff. Hey, check it out. It's new college. And everybody's like, we're on new college. And the guy who ran this class was so, he was, just imagine the sort of old, unpleasant old man who would do the class for, there's a name for this, the Red Cross, like basic first mm-hmm. aid. Right. And like, boy, do what, like he, CPR and put some gauze I don't on. think we did a ton of CPR. It was more like, I mean, again, like it wasn't to like teach you to be an EMT in a day. Mm-hmm. It was to like teach you like how not to really screw things up. The thing you learn from TV, for example, you know, somebody sitting there with a broken neck, don't move them. Sounds silly, but you never know when you're yeah. an RA, you know, somebody might slip on a condom or a light bulb and they break their neck. But, the, but you know, oh, gosh, 
have heaven uh, thank heaven it, it didn't happen but mm-hmm. this guy stopped the class and he went into full-on old guy mode <laughs> we're not even in seats yet we're scattered all over the place we can't sit together there's a bunch of retirees in there taking this class the same day as other. oh hey, waltzing on in new college oh you must be the eight people who were supposed to be here 11 minutes ago and <laughs> i was i was uh, frustrated and you know i thought he was being a little bit i think he was really kind of coarse with us the whole day but you know whatever i People are how they are. But for, I, that always stuck with me. As we got there late, and Jim, who was kind of the ad hoc head RA, he had some seniority, and, and Jim... Oh, Jim, also the first person I ever typed a paper for on a Mac. Did I ever tell you that story about the time, first time I typed a paper on a Mac, it was for a NatSci student, no, I and I forgot, I didn't know how to hit save, and I wanted to see how many words I got, and I accidentally hit backspace, and I, I hadn't saved it yet. Did I ever tell you that? That's the worst. A natural science paper. It was in Ugh. chemistry. I wrote, I typed up, I was like five pages into typing up Jim's like natural science, like chemistry paper. Oh that, that's, an, that's another lesson right there, my that's friend. the worst. The, the first time you utterly lose it and you haven't learned about command Z or command S really. Anyways, Jim says, oh yeah, I'm so sorry that, that we're late. We're very happy to be here. Thanks for, you know, accommodating us. He's a very, very cool guy. And, uh, and the guy, guy goes, Anytime I go anywhere, I, I assume I'm going to get a flat tire, and I account for that. And you're going to go take care of people, and you don't know how to be on time for a, a very important first aid class. And you know what's weird? That was 1986, 7, 87, and it still sticks with me. I still remember feeling that slightly burning, humiliating feeling. Lay that alongside the fact. I, I can never say this enough. The wisdom document is about things I had to learn that were difficult. It's not browbeating you. It's reminding me. Okay? Mm-hmm. And in this instance, that's you have to lay that right alongside the fact that I was effing late for everything into my 20s. And in some ways, well into my at least early 30s. Right? And you know how this goes. Like, the, the, the messiest person in the house is going to be the one who defines how the house runs. And the latest person in the house is going to define sort of how punctual you are. Right. And as it happened, my lady friend and I were both always late for things. She, she was, I think, 90 minutes late to our wedding, which was kind of weird. But, you know, it's, it's her day. <laughs> That's her day. Anyways, <laughs> it sticks with you. And that has, a, a, alongside me becoming tightly wound about calendars and stipulating publicly that I think punctuality is a character trait. Right, sure. Or put differently, I, so like the thing is being on time as an adult, uh, you know, whatever, capitalism, I don't know, fine. Like if you're mad about it, that's okay. Here's what I can tell you. When people are on time, f- or time, on time for things, I notice. And when people are not on time for things, I really notice, especially if it happens more than once. Yeah. And maybe that's a personality flaw, but you've met people like you used to smoke. You've been around people who quit smoking and then they're just insufferable about the whole idea of cigarettes. John Syracuse never even smoked and he's insufferable about it. He can't even watch a lot of films. Well, like smoking he sees depictions. someone smoking and he's, he's out? Yeah, he sees that little tag up in the corner, smoking depictions. And he turns off the TV? He turns it off. He turns it off. He goes and he plays that game, video game where he keeps his dresses in a vault. Crazy. It's weird. I think you can be early and you can be late. And like if another system works for you, that's fine. But as ever, ask around. And I honestly, in my day-to-day with people, I I don't think I'm awful about this with people. I don't make people feel bad about it. But I'm from Ohio, Southwest Ohio. And and the way that I communicate things is passive-aggressively. 
So I'll, I'll never call somebody out personally for that. Cause why would I, I'm not a monster. And mm. yet I do judge them. I judge them, Dan. You got a lot of time for three o'clock. I'll tell you what, especially if I've never been there. There's so many factors, right? This is kind of like our D and D module about using a public restroom. Do you oh, remember yeah. that? Yes. So many contextual factors here. Things like, you know, the further away something is from where you are, the less you less control you have over how long it will take. And it's a fool's errand to think that, oh, it's just two exits off the highway. I can be there in 10 minutes. No, you can't. And would you want to? Like, instead, recalibrate. You've got to allow that old man. Reminded me, you've got to account for the flat tire. It's a notional flat tire right. title. But, like, there's a thing out there that could stop you that you don't have control over. And back then, we didn't have no cell phones. No. We had beepers. Yeah. Pagers. I was the, I was the beeper king. Um, <laughs> um, I'm stealing that joke from 30 Rock. But... Um, I would say, I, I mean, honestly, and, and this is controversial in my house, I tend to want to, here's my thought. I got to be somewhere at three. I'm going to get there by like 240 yeah. at the latest and I'll get a coffee or walk around. Because now I'm in, I am much, once I have arrived, it's sort of like that feeling for me of like, once you get through TSA and you're like, okay, well, the hard part that. I don't have control. Well, the hard part that I had control over is over. Like, I got here early. I got through TSA, and I feel so relieved when I put all my clothes back on, mm -hmm. get them out of the bin, out of the bus tray, and put all my clothes back on. <sighs> right? I always feel like at that point then, I can, get, I can get some food. I could look at a magazine. I could look at my phone. But now I'm at the place or in very near proximity to the place that I need to be, and I'm somewhat more in control now. Not, not because I'm a control freak, but just because I'm just trying to contrast that with this whole idea of like, oh, I have this, you know, I have a dear friend I do a podcast with who I think suffers from this just a little bit, where you just have an idea in your head about how long something takes based on what I don't know. If I have that idea, it's that I should always add time on the front end. Now, let me ask you, you got to be somewhere at three. What's your plan? I mean, for me, <clears throat> I want to be where I'm going to be so that I can so physically be standing I like in to walk the place. in to see where the waiting room is. Yeah, I mean, I'm so Did if, I miscalculate? If, I'm off a floor and now I'm late. Let's just say it's a, <laughs> it's a dentist appointment. We all got to go to those. <laughs> the dentist appointment is at three. I'm, I'm, I'm checking in with the person at the front desk at 250. That means however Me long, 250. Because Not because I'm trying to barge my way in, because I'm I'm saying I'm I'm here. My I'm kid here. hates when we do that. I'm my here. kid only ever wants to walk in as the sweep second hand is crossing the twelve. No, because you're late then. Because what you're, you're doing late. then is you're not ready. Because you're potentially, although this you never couldn't happens, anticipate. Yeah, no, you don't no, know. No, no, no. no. Yeah, Maybe it, there was a cancellation, and now they can get you in earlier because you're a good boy. But if you think about what we're saying, yeah, what we're actually saying isn't that's when you arrive in the parking lot at two fifty. That I'm still, Ugh. if I'm only arriving in the parking lot at two fifty, I'm late. You're late. I because you get to park. Is there a parking garage? You got to pay. You, are you parking out front? And now you're mad and you're flustered. You get flustered for no reason. Oh right. my God, we're I don't late. Need that. I don't yeah, need you that. are late. You're late because you made yourself late because you think you've got some kind of magical, like pataphysical power where you control time and space. And unless you're a time lord, just arrive earlier. What about uh, like a? I don't know if you guys still you know eat out anymore. Yeah, yeah, but... reservation. You have a reservation, reservations mm -hmm. for eight o'clock. Yes. 
you know, what time, what time are you pulling up in the park? If you're asking me Mm -hmm. if I have my druthers, Mm -hmm. like if I'm going to go meet, I don't go places, but back in the times when I used to go meet people and do things, of course, I'm, and especially if it involves taking public transit, right? Because Muni will be fine most days until the day you really Muni's our public transit system. And until the day you really, really super need it to just even work within normal parameters, and that's the day you're sitting in Van Ness Station for like 25 minutes. You know, where you're just like, oh, it's one of those mystery stops. For some reason, Van Ness, that's kind of where like downtown kind of is officially starting. And it's mm-hmm. like things get so clogged up because you're all those trains are now going to go into that Market Street corridor. But right. But, like, to me, like, you've got to account for that. My kid's already great at that. But, no, I agree. So if it's a reservation or similar, and again, my kid hates this, I like to go check in and say, hey, and I say it like this. I say, hello, we have a reservation for man at 8 o'clock for 3. Uh, I know we're early, but I just wanted to let you know we're here. Yeah, I don't I think the same thing. I say, you know, we're, we're, we're probably probably a little bit early. And you know what they say? And they like, nine they, times you, you out of 10? You let them know you're a good boy. You know what they say nine times out of 10? Oh, we can see you right now. We can see you right now. Yeah, especially if one of you's in a wheelchair. At least on Curb Your Enthusiasm, that's how it works. <sighs> but I uh, I don't know. And again, the, the, having a audio show to talk about things like this is such a, a mitzvah for me to have the chance to like just release that valve that's constantly my, my Larry David valve where, where pressure is constantly building up about I, I can't understand how people live this way. Have I told you about watching Kirby and the other one with my wife? I don't believe you have. It's quick. But like I, I'm uh, sometimes like right now, I just go on a tear and I'll just watch a given season all the way through uh, season 10. I just watched recently. And, and now I'm on the one. I think it's maybe six or eight. It's the one with the Seinfeld reunion. It's a very funny season. And it's it, it sounds so farcical to say, but every syllable of what I'm about to tell you is true and hilarious to me. So sometimes, after Little Lord has gone to bed, well, I'll, I'll be like, hey, you want to just like watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah, we'll watch it. We watch that show so differently, and it is absolutely hilarious. It differently makes me think how? that one of us... What's that? How different? Different how? Diff- um, I mean, I think we both watch it and think it's funny, and it's got the, got the cringe stuff. And like that episode I just mentioned, it's, it's very broad, but very funny. And Larry makes a date with this woman before he realizes that she's in a wheelchair. And ironically enough, she makes a date with him before realizing that he's bald. <laughs> and hilarity ensues. And then he ends up with another woman in a wheelchair, and it's a whole thing. Um, but I watch that and go, oh, my God. I would not... So there's the character Larry David on that show. Mm-hmm. I would not do a lot of the things that he does, but it's wild how not parallel, but adjacent to my own way of thinking it is. Mm. Like I'm such a I'm such a piece of crap about so much stuff. Like, why are you doing that? Why do I have to fill a form out again? What you just ask for that information. All that stuff that everybody else has no problem. We did a whole episode of Roderick Online a few weeks ago about how John and I can never get along with the world with this stuff. And I watch it and I'm like, oh my God, it's so therapeutic for me, Dan. Because I, I I see that Larry David personality, that exaggerated version of him that made Seinfeld so funny, which makes watching Curb Your Enthusiasm like Seinfeld on difficult mode. And I, the whole time, I'm just, I'm roaring with laughter about how much this is exactly the kind of dumb thing that I would get myself into where, you know, I, I didn't, I, I refuse to add money on top of the 18% tip because I'm morally opposed to the 18% tip. And then that guy becomes crucial in something that I really need. And uh, whereas 
it, she watches it and goes, why doesn't he just talk to the person? I go, he's Larry David. Right. Larry David doesn't just talk to the person. No. He he sits and he 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 steams and 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 he and he wonders and you know and and when he asks the little adopted the the, the parents of the little adopted uh, Chinese girl if she's good with chopsticks he's not doing that to be racist he's genuinely curious if she's naturally better at chopsticks like an incredibly offensive thing to say that I would never say but it's not that far off the kind of have you ever said to the waitress when are you due I mean no you never you never said to a person. When are you due? No, I have a story as to why. Oh, boy. I thought I was done with that in my 20s. And there's ways in which, like, the words start coming out of your mouth before you realize. And you're like, I am the stupidest person who's ever existed. And then that becomes a mix-em-up. And then Rosie O'Donnell beats your ass in a restaurant or whatever. And Madeline just goes, why don't they just explain? It's like one of those uh, Gene Siskel-like dumb plots where one simple misunderstanding is the basis for the entire thing. Uh I think that's hilarious. And she's like, I don't understand why why he acts like this. Why doesn't he just... And I'm like, oh, man, you don't get me. I mean, Larry. (laughs) 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 You don't don't get what it's like in this this shattered dome of my mind. Right. Watch Pacific Rim this morning. Um, One of the underrated movies... Isn't that hard sometimes, Dan? I, well, I know you're like this. You're so weird. There's, there's got to be ways where you bump up against people and you kind of feel like, uh, to, again, to, to quote uh, Mugatu in um, Zoolander, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> I, I, w- 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 how is everybody else just okay with filling all these forms out? Again, That's a lot of forms. Ugh. So, someday when, when time, enough time has passed, I'll tell you about an incredible emergency room trip we had because of COVID. And it was... I want. I want to hear it now. Why do I have to wait? Why I don't want to. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. No one's going to get in trouble. No one the, listens to the show. Who would be in the real world? Okay. Well, I. I They're mean, all NPCs anyway. So you know, I'll, I'll put this into show notes that Roderick, a very unsympathetic episode of Roderick on the Line that mm-hmm. I found very purging, and I'm told several of our listeners found therapeutic. Like, why am I the only person in the world who seems to have a problem with this stuff? Nobody else has a problem with, and some of it's you know for fun. And John and I have very different. Our problems with the world evidence themselves in very different ways. But one of mine is like, and the thing that I, to spoil the ending, the part that I ended up with talking to John was the part that drives me crazy is like in any of those instances where there's been, it seems like a simple misunderstanding or some bureaucratic mix up. And one of those things that in with my mind being how it is, I can absolutely predict maybe not the exact outcome but i know all the ways this could go completely tits up and Mm -hmm. i try to manage that Mm -hmm. for example i don't want to be late so i try to be early that that's one way there's all these these different ways but then the part that i find so personally galling is when something does go tits up and pretty much let's say even exactly the way that i predicted and then people are like well you should have prepared better I'm like, you suck. So do you have any idea how much of my entire life is spent thinking about what more preparation I could do to avoid pain in life? Right. Has All it of never it. occurred All to of you? It. Oh, dear. Sorry, they're going out. Of- oh, dear. Oh, this is going to be a fun one. Oh, is it like right outside? Yeah, it's right, right outside. outside. Anyway, but that, that's the part. that, And, and the, the thing is, if, if I could, I mean, I've already sublimated my personality and my dignity in every business relationship that I had. I'm constantly in trouble for stuff that, like, I had no role in. I just, I'm like, I don't want to know. 
Don't tell me gossip. Don't tell. I don't want to know anything about anybody. I don't just. I know nothing. I'm Sergeant Schultz, and like, but I still I do all I can to keep things civil, and which I think kind of makes me not a punching bag exactly, but but makes it so that like then I'm more than happy to put all that responsibility on my own head. And what it, are they so, What are they doing out there? I think that is an old an old fashioned jackhammer, Dan. Like a hand crank one. Well, I don't know what kind of work does he do. You got, you got, you got self-soothe. <laughs> He's jacking. So. Oh my god. That's a, oh gosh. Do you want to keep no, going? No, keep going. We're doing it. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't. Uh, we don't think we have a a, a, a sponsor for this one. No, do we? they won't care. All right. I don't have a lot here because again, oh Merlin, you should have prepared more. Yeah, that's my problem. My right. problem is I don't think about stuff enough. Sure. Exactly that's my right. problem. Well, you should have known that uh, when you're traveling, you're going to... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was right the whole time. And now you're telling me that... Uh, excuse me. Um, and so I didn't have much prepared. I had, uh, I was thinking about some software things. There's just something that came across my transom yesterday that I just think is an interesting new thing I learned about, software-wise, okay. that I think is interesting because it... I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> I can know I can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What, how long are we doing this? What time is it? We're doing that. Oh, I mean, this, God, this, we just started. We just began. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Options. <laughs> we can just pause for a little while and see if they like maybe go to lunch or something. Uh huh. Will you go to lunch? Will 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 you go to go to lunch? Yeah. He's on trial now. I mean, we're all yeah. on trial, really. I was going to say, we're all, he's been on trial for a long time, though. Yes. 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 Late Alan Arkin. Um, I, if you want, you can keep this in. If you want, we could pause right now if you're available. We could do a shorty, but if you're available, we could just wait a few minutes and see if it gets better. Or we could just plow through. I, we keep going. I don't think it's that big of a deal. You don't think it's that big of a deal? No. Yeah, and then then I'm gonna get notes, and people are like, oh, "You should have prepared more. You should have put up some foam." Or oh, <laughs> right, because foam makes all the difference in the world. <laughs> I keep mentioning this one this one bit from I've mentioned it here, I think, but I just keep thinking about this one bit from um, Amy Schumer's latest stand up thing on mm-hmm. Netflix, where she's like talking about how she can't. I think it's all just this, but she's talking about how she can't sleep. She can never sleep. She's terrible at sleeping, and people go, "Have you tried melatonin?" Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, melatonin. I'd never that had never occurred to me. Right. I've, I had I've no had idea. I could same, just go to Walgreens and not have sleep problems anymore. I've had the same thing. I've been like an insomniac since I was an early teenager. And the suggestions from people, most people can't even. They can't even <laughs> imagine. The equivalent of uh, make yourself some soup and wrap a hot towel around. Right, yeah, like people who, who people who sleep well. Who like there's a lot of people who when I I felt tired, so I laid down and I went to sleep. How long yeah. did you sleep? Oh my God, I slept for twelve hours and I couldn't believe I overslept. So if if you've ever laid down and gone right to sleep. Yeah. Uh, Lay down and gone to sleep after five you don't, minutes. You don't know what you've got. It's like good health. You, um, just don't, you don't even realize what you've got. Slept for more than seven hours without interruption. I fall asleep as soon as my head hits the pillow. Have you tried going to bed earlier? Right. If you if you meet any of these criteria yeah. uh, on any kind of regular basis, you have no idea what it's and, like. And at that point, people just lose interest because right. you sound recal- recalcitrant. It's so He's, different. It's like, oh, it, it's like if you said to someone... 
Um, I grow an extra arm out of my back every time I eat a bowl of cereal. You'd be like, well, yeah. I, I have no way to relate to that. Have That's... you tried Cocoa Puffs? So people, the suggestion that people will say to me is, that, you know, have you ever tried laying on your back? You know what? Uh -huh. No, I've never tried in 50 years. I well, never once occurred sleep, to me. Lay on my, lay on, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. you know, you, you, you should try, you should try making it darker in the room. Oh mm -hmm. my God. 50 years. Mm -hmm. I never thought to make it darker in the goddamn room. Right. And that, that's really, honestly, though, that's also just kind of one example. And I think if you wanted to make this more absurd, which I tend to want to do, <laughs> you know, of all these people who like have what they consider, they, they tell the waiter they've got like a food allergy, then they don't have a food allergy. They just don't like pickles. And like that, I think, has helped to create, I've heard people say, that has helped to create a higher level of skepticism for right. kitchens where they're like, listen, not everybody here has celiac. Like, I've seen the numbers. There's no way everybody here. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Not, not to say, like, oh, I want to go poison the customers or slip a shrimp into their salad or whatever. <laughs> right. Like, not that. But, like, but you, I, I, think, I think you have to be careful what kind of demands you make of the world. And this is contra, I guess, what I said earlier. But, like, you, you can't make the world the way that you want, you know. But. Just because you don't have a problem doesn't mean it's not a problem for somebody. Right, sure. And I, I do feel like there's a, a kind of fairly, um, there's a lot of cultural propulsiveness about not being able to tolerate other people f with regard to things that don't have any impact on you. Mm. But like maybe arguably in the same way that I quote unquote judge people who are late every single time for something. I think there are people who are like, who say like, hey, look, you got procrastination. Why don't you just go do the thing? And you're like, oh, that hadn't occurred to me. I should just go do the thing. Because they don't have that problem. It would be like you say, it would be like saying, well, have you tried, like if you sleep on your back, the arm can't grow out of your back. Mm -hmm. Have you tried that? I Melatonin? Tried it. it reduces arm growth, you know? <laughs> Somnambulistic arm growth. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> and then they're like, okay, whatever. Because now you've like flipped that bozo bit. And now you're you're a dingling right. who just doesn't want to get with the program. See also like my entire life. Anyway, I'm not here to complain. No, who would listen? I don't know. Um, I boy, you know, you know who's always been great is uh, Andy Bayo does the website waxy.org. He's been so great forever, and I don't know. I'm I'm kind of finding myself for a variety of reasons looking to find more good things to read. Yeah, and places like Kotki and. Um, Waxy's Andy's website Waxy are both really good for like on a couple levels for that yeah the classic like why do we love a blog like we love a blog because the way I would tend to think of it at least for a personal blog was I'm curating attention mm -hmm. and like it's not necessarily I think you have to I'm not don't consider myself a tastemaker but like I can there's this link that I think is cool and whether or not other people link to it when I link to it I provide some context that like will let you know here's how that figures in my world and maybe for whatever reason better or for worse it, it interests you too and, and I continue to read stuff like that I continue to read interconnected by Matt Webb Jolly Teapot there's these wet blogs that but so on the one hand you go like oh that's really cool like yesterday or the day before cocky linked to this amazing tumblr of this person who curates links to design resources on archive.org so if you're weird and broken like me if you like things like type specimen books 
or like an or like the Apple 1986 Apple guide that they gave to employees about what to do in case <laughs> yeah, of an I earthquake. Yeah, I saw that thing too. That was cool. Right. So on the first hand, you're like, that's cool. Like, I'd love to check out that link. Then checking out that link, you end up looking at that blog or Tumblr or what have you. But then also you've got stuff like Waxy doing this. I forget what it's called, but it's been it's his top post right now about tiny web stuff like these little websites that just do really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And the the wonderful, I think I think his last name's I met Phil, Phil Geiford, I think it's how you pronounce his last name. And you know Phil, even if you don't know Phil. Phil's like mobbed up in that whole like London BBC Brainiac crowd and mm-hmm. he makes these amazing web- websites. Maybe best known for his Tumblr called Crazy Walls. Have you ever seen Crazy Walls? Crazy Walls is one of the best Tumblrs. I didn't know it was still yeah. around, but it's Phil, it's Phil all Geifer of... did that. Phil Geifer's done so much of this. Have you ever stuff. seen a movie where the person is Yarn. a little bit obsessed with something Sylvia and and they have a name keeps coming up yeah they have a wall of newspaper clippings and magazine articles and things that they've written and and as you say yarn connecting a a beautiful mind is a pretty good one a beautiful mind is the first time that I think I saw that in the theater but um in uh, what's her name had it in in the tv show homeland there's a oh, lot of crazy yeah, walls. Yeah, yeah, Everyone needs absolutely. a crazy wall, but you have to hide it. It can't be in plain view unless it's, it's you don't you let said, anyone in. There's a concept in. that I, I don't know if it was – I imagine it was – I first heard this term from The Flophouse, a podcast I love, maybe Stu, um, talking about the evidence dungeon <laughs> where oh. you, can, you open a door and you see all the evidence of a person's crimes like all in one place like the Bat Cave. What's that giant penny? Ah, it's a long story, mm-hmm. right? S- similar kind of thing. You're like you don't want your crazy wall to be anywhere where your wife can see it. No. You know, because of all the red yarn. Yeah. I think that's that's a red yarn, red flag. That's a big reason why I think he was keeping it out in the spare room in the shed. Because, like, what's what's my wife going to go in the shed for? Like, that's just the lawnmower out there. That's right. And it's it's lawnmower man, not yeah, lawnmower they. Radio, like mm-hmm. a ham radio or a... Yes. A you got a ham short rig. wave radio, maybe. Mm-hmm. My, um, my late father-in-law was was a hammer. Oh, yeah. My dad, my dad was into that thing. Yeah. Um, so like, for example, like, okay, so I'm not sure the point I'm trying to make. I still haven't talked about the thing I'm going to talk about, but I just wanted to give a shout out to, um, there's like three levels to this. I'm still, I'm so happy there's people out there who are still writing things and sharing it with people, mm-hmm. whether that's a, a micro or nano or standard <laughs> format. So I discover links, links lead me to interesting other blogs and resources. But then also like Andy is like, this goes to this meta level. So this thing's called tiny awards. I'll put, just put it in notes, tiny awards, a celebration of the small, playful and heartfelt web. And just a bunch of little websites that do like cool things. The kinds of things that used to make us excited about websites where you like just go and it does a thing. Um, what are some examples before I get to my real example? Um, <laughs> Meet GPT, meet GPT, M-E-A-T, a useful AI chatbot offering prime answers to rare questions, <laughs> making fun of current chat GPT. Here's uh-huh. the one I really want to talk about that Phil does called Ooh Directory, and I will put this into notes. So, like, you know, the, the older amongst us will remember how exciting it was when Yahoo came along. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't the first thing that – I mean, and to clarify here, we may have had stuff like AltaVista or – I guess maybe ask Jeeves. There were search engines that have been around before, but you know, there's search engines like Google. We'll talk more about search engines in a second. Okay. But then there were also directories, and Yahoo was a directory. It was like a hand curated directory of links to stuff that the Yahoo people thought was interesting, and it's where we all started. Like 
like me, like that was like, I think I might have been, I don't even know if I had a start page back then. It was eventually Excites web, web portal. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but you know what I'm saying? You like, you, you go and you browse and I think, you know, John Syracuse's YouTube lyrics site was in there. And if it was a really good link that they thought was very good, it would be in bold. So it was a, it was a form of collection, of curation. The best of like what makes you like, if you're a library person like me, you just like wandering around and like, I'm just going to go to the bees for a while and like, you know, look at philosophy books or whatever. I think it's B. Ooh, directory. A collection of 1,957 blogs about every topic. And you're instantly going to get what I'm saying. So I just put it in notes. It's oh.directory. Great URL. And much like Yahoo, it's got these high levels like arts and media, computers, economics, education, humanities. And then the fun is in the drilling down. And Phil has basically just put together, and he's, I think he's got some kind of automation to this where it doesn't scrape, but it checks for updates and stuff. So you can see just stuff that's new, just stuff like, but it's like there's so much good stuff in here. And every time I get frustrated about how I feel like I've already read everything good, I find something like this and realize there's still so many things to explore. And I get to hear voices that aren't the same six voices mm -hmm. that comprise most of my media input. Um, so... These are good resources. Check, check them out in the show notes. What I want to talk about is something Andy mentioned in a sidebar link, just a little simple link from diddly diddly d, 17th, I think. Uh, <laughs> Zoo asks asks guests to stop showing gorillas their device screens. Oh, last wow. year, what? Last year, a teenage gorilla in a Chicago zoo quote became so engrossed in cell phones he started ignoring his peers. Unquote. Okay, this is from uh, July 17th. What, what are people showing the gorillas on? Uh, whatever they show, they're fascinated, I guess. Because, you know, they got object recognition. You know, they can see things. And yeah, I, bet they, sure. I bet they go like this. I bet they go, ooh, ooh, ooh. That's what I would do if somebody showed me a screen. Yeah. You show me a dog. You, sh you show me a dog or a cat. You know, like like the uh, I'm very into this dog right now um, called Pizza Crust. Mm-hmm. It was a, a very, um, there's very sweet animals out there right now. And, and you should you should find all the animals. So in the Santa sidebar link, he says here, uh, he's linking to a blog post by somebody called Garrett uh, Diamond, D-I-M-O-N. Yeah, he's a friend and, of mine. And, oh, no kidding. Yeah, he, worked on, uh, he helped me out with the billing system on Fireside. I got to tell you, the aesthetic of his site does put me in the mind of, of your style. He's using, um, looks like... It might be San Francisco. I've known Helvetica a long, for, long, long time. And then like uh, some Georgia-ish. I love that. You know, I love that look. That field notes kind of look like a pretty big Georgia. Oh, yeah. I love that look. That's a timeless look. And July 3rd, 2023, searching for a search engine, the deck. Um, I've long been on the lookout for a search engine that would, now I'm speaking here, this is Garrett Diamond, who's your dear friend. I've been on the lookout for a search engine that would let me filter out sites that I found to be more noise than signal. After a little over a month of paid use, interesting, I'm feeling cautiously optimistic about... Does this name bring back any memories for you? K-A-G-I, which I'm going to say is maybe Kaji. Yeah, I do recognize what that. Is that I, what that is it Ka you associate Kagi? that name with? I think, wasn't that K-A-G-I, that was like, for the some OG, reason. It, it, like buying software. Yeah, site. it like geared toward Mac people. Yes. And you would buy, you could, that's like, if you like, I have a shareware app and I want to sell it. You would exactly. use Kagi or Kagi or Kaji or whatever. And they could do your, your processing, your, it was your like credit card stuff. old school Stripe kind of a setup. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot more, uh, for obvious reasons, a lot more. You know, uh, not not as sophisticated probably as a lot of like paddle or stuff today. Right. But anyhow, I've, I found this article very interesting, and, and I'd like to talk about it a little bit. So so here's the thing. 
how do, how do we want to pronounce this? Just so we get on the same page. Kagi. I'm going to say Kagi. Okay. So I this, care. it's at, and it's at, I think it's at Kagi.com. It's still around. Well, here's the thing. Here's what I, I, the reason I wanted to talk about this, first of all, I wanted to just plug the idea that there's still good things to read. Yay. But a- Andy has been playing with this for a while. This Garrett person has been playing with this for a while. And so here's what this is. Kagi, fast, accurate, and ad-free, the search engine you deserve. And if this potentially interests you, I would commend you to Garrett's piece on this because he talks about what he likes about it, what he's a little bit skeptical about. But, you know, G- Google, you know, became Google in the early 2000s. And at various times, I feel like I've heard some pretty wild numbers about what percentage of the search engine market, Google search, you know, I, I, I bet it's over 70%, maybe more. Like, there's a reason that we, that's a verb now, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. But, and I'm not trying to cast any shade here, but just this is just my gut. And who knows what this says? It's like when Donald Trump or Eric Trump posts something that's obviously has reflected the algorithm, and they're like, look, look, everybody thinks I'm a dingling. It's like, well, yeah, it's because you keep Googling yourself. Don't Google yourself. That's what the church says. But you, um, but over the years, in my experience, I, I, Google used to be so good at so many things. And if you put it in quotes, it would always look for, it had to be that string in quotes appearing on the page, yes. including the algorithm. So long story short, I don't know, man. I just, I feel like Google's not as useful for me as it used to be. And I'm not trying to be a smart ass about it. Like, oh, it's all spam or it's all blah, blah. But, you know, there's cases, it might've been one of these articles of like, when you click on the top link for something on Google and it's a, it's actually somebody got some malware that way where basically you can buy a Google, an AdSense ad or whatever it is, a sponsorship and link to something that has a goddamn payload. Mm -hmm. Like Google, I don't know how Google would not figure that out, but whatever. But there's that stuff. There's just all so many things where you're like, okay, on the one hand, yeah, the top, the top link is Wikipedia, which is usually perfect for what I need. Or, you know, sometimes the top link, if it's something about, again, our architecture design, art, graphic stuff like sometimes it'll be like i discovered i, I discovered yeah, i'd seen this before have you ever seen that guy who writes about typefaces and design and sci-fi who, who? that's a lot um, of people okay well there's there's a guy he did this book he's done a, a big hardcover book that i think was pretty well received i'm gonna search for blade runner fonts Anyway, I linked to this the other night, and the guy tooted at me, and he's like, hey, I noticed an uptick in things. And I'm like, hey, you, I, I have your book. His book about uh, a Blade Runner movie font. No, that's not it. The guy, oh, God, I've just been talking to him, and I'm already spacing on his name. I put it on the Internet, so give me just a second. I'm so sorry, Dan. I should prepare more. Is, if is only the you were the kind of person if only who cared I, about such things. Yes. If I knew to, to, to try and be early for things. If, if there was some if, kind of like resource for you that would help you to prepare. I, yeah, where I could search the whole web. Uh-huh. Um, but the guys, so this <laughs> is, oh yeah, so um, typesetinthefuture.com. And boy, just if you go look at this guy's article, just I'll find the one on Wally is a really good one. Like just about the use of all kinds of graphical stuff, but we're really focusing on typefaces 
and it, it's it's really fascinating. Well, if I go out and like I I've been trying to figure out something to make for a, I got to make a Roderick on the Line shirt, and I like I don't have any ideas. So sometimes I'll just start playing around, really lazy stuff, just playing with fonts from things that I like. And I was like, oh, let me remember is that's is that Gaudi old style they use in the crawl? And yes, it is. And I. I Sometimes you Google, and the top return is uh, is this guy whose name I'm now going to say out loud, Dave Addy. Uh, Dave, A-D-D-E-Y. Hello, Dave. Hi, Dave. Because um, apparently you do follow referrers, friend, so hello. Friend of the show. Yeah, we, we went on, I'm following him now, and I'm, I'm, I'm picky. Um, and sometimes that's the top thing. But, like, it's so random, and then I'm using all of my Google foo of the last 20-plus years to go, like, all the tricks that I know, some of which kind of work the way they were they used to others of which don't you young people will not remember this the the thing that made google google was i mean you could call it page rank but it was about the ability to understand that not all links are created equal and if we if i notice a whole bunch of sites that have good wuffy linking to other sites with good wuffy well that's a really good indicator of of quality if nobody's linking to this thin affiliate site that's just a listicle of amazon items isn't it funny how it's always the same 10 vacuums or whatever that's, you don't need to see that. And so I, and I'm sitting there, I'm searching, and I'm like, I know how to do this. My, my number one go-to, always off the top on Google, quotes. So, like, I, if I wanted to look up Blade Runner, I would put Blade Runner in quotes. That's not a great example. Star Wars, maybe? But, like, there's things where, like, I want, I want that used to be, time was, if you search for something in quotes on Google, it would have to be on that page that was returned and... It would also then include stuff like the relevance of that, the page rank of that. And I just can't believe how often I do what feels like such a straightforward search now. And I swear to Christ, I, I hope it's not just me. Well, I don't want people to be sad, but I honestly feel like it has just, the same way that Twitter just no longer acknowledges blocks. It's just ponderous to me. Blocks mm -hmm. just don't work on Twitter anymore. Right. Yeah. And, and and with Google, like I think it just throws out the quotation marks thing because they must have their reasons. You know, most people, as I learned from John Syracuse, normal garden variety, normal people go to Google and type things in like, what is the font that was used in Blade Runner? They like type sentences. And it's actually a pretty good approach. I think Google has been, has evolved or been adapted over time to be more conducive to that kind of casual looking. But that means a lot of stuff that used to be really dependable is not so dependable, including a lot of stuff that I bet a couple of you don't know. Did you know that if you put two... I don't know the programmer name for this, numbers. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to find like something about Dale Carnegie and it has to have the dates between 1910 and 1940, you could type 1910.1940 dot, dot, and it would look for that range of numbers on the page. You knew this, right? That's an yeah. old Google hack, well, right? Everyone knows that. Mm -hmm. I don't world. know if everyone knows that. Literally everyone. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, you taught me that. Well, I don't know about that, but the other one is or. Like, or is so powerful. Again, from the beginning, we learned with Google, it's always and. Like, if you have words, not in quotes, but every word you put in that bar, it counts as an and. So they all have to be on the same page, which is much more restrictive than old search engines used to be, because you're basically just, you know, throwing darts in the dark. But if you, if you were to say something, how about this? How about you say Blade Runner in quotes, font, or, all caps, typeface, or all caps, design. Now it's going to find any, in the old way of doing this, it would find anything where the Blade Runner appeared on the page. Right. Remember now we're also ranking this by how good that link is. And then all of those are pipes. Anything after that, 
after that first part of the query is going to be. It's that plus this or that or that, which I just don't think it works as well as it used to. And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. It's not predictable. And again, I don't know if it's the other. The point is that I didn't realize that I'm in a place where like, because I really do like, I like using Google a lot. Mm -hmm. I have so many keyboard shortcuts and launch bar shortcuts for doing all kinds of searches. Type GMA in a string, and that looks for that string in my Gmail. I type, I type this thing, and it's going to go look for only, one of my favorite things is show me only returns from the last year. Because I do a lot of Googling about stuff with Macs. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't help me that much to find a really high-quality link from 2013. Especially if like, I'm having MDNS responder problems, the, the uh, process, and I'm not sure how to fix that. Well, I need to know what to do about that in this instance for, what is it, Sonoma, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it could be useful if it's... Anyway, the point is, I didn't realize that how ready I was for this link to come along. I'm not abandoning Google, but I wanted to talk about this from a slightly higher level standpoint. It's not just a suggestion, hey, go buy this search engine. What? Search engines are free. What? But I wonder if anybody else is feeling that, right? We've seen the ascendance of DuckDuckGo. We've seen the ascendance of Brave. There's been all these different approaches to enhancing your privacy and then minimizing the annoyances, which are not sometimes not clearly like an ad. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be condescending, but, like, you look at a page on Google, and, and Garrett talks about this. Like, do, do you know how much of the stuff on that page somebody paid for or that Google has a reason to put there? I'm not trying to sound conspiratorial, but anyway. So there's this thing that's called, we're calling a coggy. Coggy. And um, I think this is a very interesting idea. So you can only sign up for this, and you do need to an account. Any account. It says, why do you need an account? It says, Coggy Search requires an account only because it is a paid service, which requires an account for the transaction. Note that Coggy does not collect any personal information, et cetera, et cetera. So, but here's, here's some of the meat of this. So you get this Coggy thing, and it has an extension, which means there's also now, if you wanted to just, like I'm doing, just for a week or so, try this as my default search engine just to see what I notice about mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. There's so much that's interesting about this as covered by Garrett. Um, you know, one of the things is that, like, right now, I cobble together a whole bunch of sustainability using extensions. So one of my go-to extensions is called uBlock, letter U, block. And uBlock, I mean, this has variously been different kinds of things, different ways presented in the past, but at the most basic level, let's say you do a Google image search because you want to steal something, and you, <laughs> you want to go steal a, a picture of a DC3. Sure. Well. I don't want to see Facebook, especially for videos. Ugh. I don't want to see Pinterest. Because, well, no, it's just, I don't have anything against Pinterest, but they, Facebook and Pinterest in particular, score very high in Google Images and Google Videos sometimes. And it's like, I can't, so if you send me something on Instagram, like, I can't see it because my account is, has been deactivated for years. Uh, if you, you know what I mean? I go to Pinterest and it's all just pop up hell and like, ugh, I just, I don't want the 35, 35 uh, amazing ideas about pan lid or whatever. <laughs> You're just like, oh, this is, this is such a lobster trap. It's so gross. Yeah. So in, with this one, so with uBlock, I can go in and say, uBlock, I can you... say, don't even show me returns for Pinterest. Don't even show me returns I for Facebook. I see that. Don't show oh, me I'll that. I'll find it for you. uBlock. Now, you, you block. this you block. This you, is um you do that. This is um 
baked in from the start with Kagi. So like if you do the return, let's do a return. I did this yesterday. Let's see. Oh, I'm not logged in on this one yet. But if I go and do a search for pizza crust, mm-hmm. the, the animal on TikTok. Now, you get a little, you get the usual. It's kind of sort of familiar looking. It's not as pretty as Google, but you can do stuff like say, basically you, for that, I think, I don't know if it's for the URL or for the TLD, but you could say, for example, there's like a, a sort of tabish interface that goes all the way from like block all the way up to pin. Mm. So like in Garrett's example, if you need to always be searching for the latest version of an API and like something on like GitHub documentation, you can pin that site, which doesn't mean it's just going to like pop up and extend. That means that like you're saying, give this more weight all the way at the other end. Just don't do this at all. And then you can sort of weigh how much, you know, you want that. Because I've had that sense. Ublock has made this very clear to me. Like, there's just some sites I never need to see. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a real Martinet about it. Like, if I land somewhere and it looks like it's interesting, usually you can tell from the way something is named that it's garbage. Like, it's a listicle for Amazon links or whatever. Right. But I'll just hit, hit Ublock every time. Like, do it once. It's like, why would you let the roach live? Tight it live. Yeah. I mean, you might have other chances, but the best chance is the one you just missed. You're either early or late with roaches. Did you get that? What I say about roaches? I got Kill them when you can. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm very intrigued by that. I'm very intrigued by the privacy. And I know there's other things that do this. I've, I've, I run DuckDuckGo's extension, which does stuff like give you a score mm. on what they regard as how good the privacy of a, of a site is and stuff like that. But right. I, I, what I think is interesting about this is I look at these things from time to time just out of you know, kind of latent curiosity mm-hmm. about new stuff and what's happening and trends and stuff. But like, you know, I, I very rarely commit to any kind of a big change like that anymore. And, and yet this one really intrigues me for several reasons. That idea of saying, I, I don't even know what the price for this is. I haven't paid for it yet, but I will. <clears throat> it is, um, let's see, standard is $5 a month for 300 searches. And, and if that's not worth it to you, that's totally fine. Uh, all the way up to ultimate is $25 a month for unlimited searches. Um, and it's got stuff. Oh my God. It's got so much neat stuff. It's got a built-in summarizer with facets. So sort of like, you know, chat GPT ish or ghost reader kind of thing where you can say like, give me the the main points from this or give me a, just a summary of this and point to a URL. I mean, this is a, a sharper tool it's not going to be for everybody, but for people who want a sharper tool and want to get rid of the liabilities of various dull tools mm-hmm. that are out there, I think it's fascinating. And the fact that they're charging for it, I think is, I don't think charging for stuff is the panacea that a lot of my friends do. Please let me pay for this so I'll have it forever. Dude, there's no guarantee just because you're paying for something that's good. On the other hand, if something, if you aren't paying for something and it's good, it doesn't mean it'll stay that way. But I think that's interesting i don't know if it's sustainable i would have no way of knowing but how would you know well i pay five dollars a month for enough searches for 99 percent of internet users right like, why not why not it's just i don't know it's just interesting to me for like the whole thing we've gone through over the years between the app store i mean do you remember when you know apple's i think it was an accounting trick or some reason they used to be had to pay for the like it was a hundred bucks or 30 bucks to like get the new os 10 that was right. not really that long ago, honestly. I remember having an installation party for 
Leopard, I want to say, whatever it would have been around 2003. But I remember going to the Adaptive Path office and Jeff Veen and Jesse Garrett That's and cool. me, all, all three installing that from this on, uh, on the same like Saturday. But, you know, that used to be a bit of a thing. But yeah. <clears throat> people, I mean, people, people used to line up. To go get the new operating system, Windows. Yeah, remember yeah. Windows ninety five when that I came do. out. I watched a, I watched a Computer Chronicles video about Windows ninety five. I waited in ago. line for it. Oh, bad! I, mean, I, that was, I was support. I was a Mac user, but I was supporting a network of uh, probably two or three hundred Windows users at the time. Wow! And they were like, uh, "Dan, we need to move everyone to Windows ninety five within a month of it coming out." I'm like, "Okay, huh, I'll go okay. get a copy. <laughs> I'll get right on that." Yeah. <clears throat> I was paid. I was paid, you know, because I was working and they said, go get it. So I'm like, okay. And I got to go. Well, wait. and like the, you try and explain that to people like oh, explain <laughs> who cares. But like think about Y2K, which has, has came up on Righteous Gemstones this week. But think about Y2K and think about all of the trouble that was caused by not not knowing to a certainty what would happen if the year was expressed as two digits instead of four. <laughs> now, terrifying. to somebody in, uh, God bless them, for people who are like in biz dev, they're like, look, all I want you to do is change two numbers. Like, can't you just do a find and replace to change two numbers? It's like the time I told Syracuse about, about editing my SQL tables, like right in PHP, my admin, and doing searches and just changing stuff in the interface. And he's like, what are you, what are you doing? Same thing here. Just because it's two numbers, that sounds easy, but do you have any idea what the impact of those two numbers can be? Huge huge and i don't know um i i i don't know i mean i i i do think i just think it's interesting that like these folks seem to have an idea that there's enough interest in this to like give it a spin and who knows this might go the way of ask jeeves right like my had a dear friend who's one of the was one of the ask jeeves big shots um and they used to pay people to write search returns for ask jeeves that was the thing. They hired a bunch of English majors. Really? Yeah, no, that's how it worked. Like, and as they bubbled up stuff that more and more people wanted, that's where they would refill. It's a totally unsustainable, very un-Silicon Valley thing. But one of the appeals of SGs, we like to laugh about it now and like the same way we laugh at pets.com. But no, I mean, they did some very cool stuff at SGs that was very user-friendly. But, you know, over the years, there's been this despeciesization of, of the ecosystem. You know, Google has such a uh, a malignant way of like shutting down an entire look at like Google Reader stuff where you like shut down an entire market sector and then abandon. It's like Walmart just moving away after all the stores are gone, which can be frustrating. I'm not I'm not here to drag Google, but it's just interesting to me that I guess there are other people who are willing to give something like this a throw. And I and I, I, I I'm going to try this for a week, and I'm especially intrigued with the idea though of this becoming a more dynamic or hands-on process mm -hmm. rather than going well google's always googling it finds it instead of that saying well let's look at these results sort of like i do with chat gpt look at these results see what i can learn from this see what this machine can teach me that i don't know right now and then we'll both get better at this together anyway i just thought that was interesting it do, is do interesting. you use are you use google your main searching yeah thing it for still things? is and like i've i've you know, there. Whenever I see someone like Ruber, I'm using DuckDuckGo for everything. I'm like, you're not a developer. The results, the results suck. Because if you are a software developer and you need to look up APIs and documentation for gems and things like that, I just say I encourage you to try DuckDuckGo for a week or a day, or how about just thirty minutes, and you'll I mean, realize it's, it's, it's fine. If you, if it's you, not great. Everybody's for that. got the basic searches that they do to test something. Mm -hmm. Usually, your name, right, or whatever, right, or Blade Runner, for example. And like, you can go in and like search for something that you know something about, 
see how much it comports with what you expected. And yes, take a minute to learn whether there's a way you could have said that better or ask for that differently. Are there little flags and attributes in advanced search setting that were, you could have benefited from that? I mean, I, I swear by that in Gmail because finding mail for me is frequently just the first step to then filtering mail. And with a combination of like that and SaneBox, mm-hmm. I've had such good luck with just minimizing noise. You know, just receipts or like any of that kind of stuff. It's gotten, and I like, you know, so you do, that's so neat in, in Gmail on the web, you do a search, an advanced search, and it says, well, you know, do, what do you want in the subject line? What about date range within this many days of, et cetera. But like, as soon as you found the thing you want, you can say filter messages like this, and it'll show you what that search would look like. And then you click create filter. I know a lot of people know this, but I, I think this can, this is one of the, one of the numerous reasons I continue to think Gmail is really good. Uh, yeah, and then and then Bob's your uncle. You've taken care of it. You've let Sanebox like shunt it away, where you never have to look at it again. But what's your take on alternate? Excuse me, alternative search engines over the last five or so years. Does yeah, that intrigue you? Yeah, it does intrigue me, and it in a weird way, you know. Like I'm not one of those people who's anti Google or who's like, oh, Google owns everything. I don't, you know, I like I don't <laughs> care about that. It just really doesn't. Really doesn't mean if anything. If it's providing to me. Just, value, it's useful. I, I love all tool. of my Amazon devices until over time it became clear that I was loving them less and less mm-hmm. and that I was in an adversarial relationship with Amazon over these devices, which sounds right. ridiculous. No, until no, you've it doesn't sound it's, it, it's, it's accurate. I mean, we're it's something talking... Jason Snell has talked about, and I was like screaming back at the podcast in agreement. Like, I have like, I've owned many Echoes show. But, like, you know, I've even gone in on the big ones before I moved into the, the Google world. Right. But, like, there's these, all these radio buttons. Do you know this? You know this. Inside of, like, Amazon, you go to settings or whatever, and you're punching at this goddamn screen that doesn't want to do anything. And I bet if you haven't looked in a couple weeks at your Amazon show, I'll bet there's a pretty good chance that no matter how many radio buttons you click to say, I don't want headlines, I don't want soccer recipes, I, I don't want any of this stuff that you're constantly offering me, you've shut off every single one of those radio buttons, dimes to donuts. I'll bet you there's at least one more in there now that you didn't see before, which is such a dark pattern. I think that's the phrase. Such a dark pattern, this way of like sliding stuff in or like, why did my Netflix suddenly start playing the audio on previews again on my Apple TV. I hate that. I don't ever want that anywhere. And I realize it's a lot to ask for a universal way to do that because these are all different developers. But that stuff starts to accumulate. All those little like kind of annoying paper cuts and things where you have to think a little bit harder about something that you shouldn't have to think that hard about unless you want to. So, but yeah, you, you know, you don't even found yourself. Are there other... Are there, are there, so DuckDuckGo, what are, are there other ones where you found yourself? I, mean, I think I've, I've read that <clears throat> DuckDuckGo is using Bing or something. I don't know. I, I mean, it really all, all at all times for me, it always winds up back at Google just because most of the stuff that I'm looking up through a day, honestly, yeah, it, Google is better. It's just better at it. And I don't, I don't know how, you know, I don't know how to, how to switch to something when I keep going back to the first thing because it's the only way to find this stuff. I think I for things like this, and if it's not obvious, I mean, this is this now has risen to the level of what I like to call a project. And so for me, this this project has a shape to it, which is I'm intrigued by this. I'm fine with spending some money on this because this is a big part of what I do is making connections between things. Right. And the the bridge to making those connections involves searching for things. But then also importantly, 
a thing that I care about, and I think you know a lot of my friends care about. Am I getting this right? Mm-hmm. Like as much as Syracuse likes to tear me a new one for quoting everything wrong and having the wrong accent, like it really matters to me, like the wording of things, and like that's why headlines drive me crazy. And like sometimes it's enough to just say go find this thing on Wikipedia. That's close enough. But I like to, as you say, source my facts and my data. So like just finding out that somebody's like a great example for me is this document where I keep quotes that I I've told you about this I have a, it's actually on my GitHub but like it's all like quotes that I've used a lot and at one time or another I realized god damn it you use this quote so often why don't you find out what the actual quote is right that's a, that's a good start so like okay so we're watching Pacific Rim I've, I've used this example before but people don't hear everything um the quotations to get right Stacker Pentecost in Pacific Rim the, the, the we're canceling the apocalypse speech. Oh yeah, okay, I've seen that movie. Right, or okay, here's one. Have you ever have you ever heard Gruber or me or somebody quote Upton Sinclair to say uh, some version of um, something like it's, it's you can't it's hard to get a guy to understand something if his salary depends on not understanding it. <laughs> I could never find that exact quote. And when I did, it was a little different than I expected because it's from, a, I think, so this is from uh, Upton Sinclair, 1935. I, I finally tracked this down. Quote investigator, right? You go further, go all the way. You have to find the exact quote, the exact quote. He said, I used to say to our audiences, quote, it's difficult to get a man to understand something, comma. I don't think it needs that comma. That's a splice, I think. To understand something when his salary depends on his not understanding it. Or when Kurt Vonnegut said, people aren't supposed to look back. I'm certainly not going to do it anymore. I've finished my war book now. The next one I write is going to be fun. This one is a failure and has to be since it was written by a pillar of salt. What an astonishingly good series of lines that is from Slaughterhouse-Five. very well written. And now I won't, I won't get it wrong. That thing I'm always quoting from that movie, Rules of the Game, the awful thing about life is this, colon, everybody has their reasons. Shinzen Young, suffering equals pain times resistance. Now, there are some, oh, uh, Matt Chrisman on uh, Chapo, uh, cocaine is still collecting royalties for all of these songs. That's a very funny line. Now, some of them, it gets tricky. If you chase two rabbits, you'll lose them both, which I'd always heard was a Chinese proverb. You know that one? If you chase yeah, two I, rabbits, you I, lose I, them both. I didn't know. Is it Chinese It's actually proverb? French, according to Quora. <laughs> um, Everything is copy, that wonderful Nora Ephron. But like for all of those things, it matters to me to get that right. Not just because of John Syracuse, but just because like if I, I might as well like, you know, try to get it right. And so if I f- have concerns or reservations, uh, and again, I'm sorry to sound like I'm being mean with Google because I still use it like hundreds of times a day. But if I start to feel a twinge about whether I'm getting the, the real shit, <laughs> Like if I'm getting the pure product or like, I don't know, like it does not, it, as much as you can have these algorithms for determining like what's probably the, the quote unquote best link for this, like they're not doing fact checking on those things. You know, it's just, it turns into like, it's turns out all the way down where you're like, no, actually he never said that. And that was Mark Twain and blah. But like, if you care about that stuff, you want to go a step further than does this, let me try to summarize this. A lot of what we do, I'm, you know, when I say we, do I have a mouse in my pocket? I don't know. Um, but <laughs> that's a great line I just learned. Um, it's not enough to just know if information exists in the world. Because a lot of the information that exists in the world is not accurate. It's not up to date. Or it lacks context. Right? 
like, oh my God, you know, I love uh, Technology Connections, which is a YouTube channel I love and s happily support on Patreon. He just had a wonderful like half hour video about incandescent light bulbs and how incandescent light bulbs are always used to illustrate the idea of planned obsolescence. Can you believe these maniacs came up with a way, you know, there's some light bulbs that are still running that were invented in 1610 or whatever. And, and he goes into this thing, this really intelligent thing of saying, well, here's the thing. It took a long time to figure out how to make tungsten. And like what, we, what we've got is basically the, the light bulb is not that different than it was like in the teens or 20s, right? Mm -hmm. the, one of the big developments obviously was tungsten. The other one was then having a vacuum in the bulb because tungsten will get so hot that the filament breaks and now you're back where you started. And then eventually they discovered you could put, you know, other gases into there. But he's like, you know, they're essentially the same. But here's the thing. It's not planned obsolescence. If you burn tungsten at whatever that is, 3,000 degrees Kelvin, mm -hmm. you burn that for a long time to get the light that you want, it's going to die really fast. Right. So if you've got an appliance light bulb in your fridge, like, first of all, it's kind of a miracle that that thing works at all and, and without creating so much heat. But then, like, do you want that to just be incredibly bright and burn out in a week? Wouldn't wow. you be bummed if you had to, like, replace that bulb constantly like old school light bulbs used to be? It's Absolutely. not planned obsolescence. It's good engineering. Mm -hmm. I would rather have this quality of light and brightness of light with the trade-off that I will go through more light bulbs or whatever. That's the kind of thing. Well, you know what I'm saying, though, about context-free? Well, I'm not saying he's the be-all, end-all on this topic, but like, I do think it's really valuable to have context beyond a thing you heard at a party. So maybe Kagi will do that for me. I don't know. I should prepare more. There's <clears throat> like a way. Yeah. I don't know, man. You got you to gotta stay curious. You, you can't make people curious. You know, you can't teach curiosity. You can't teach that kind of thing. I, I don't know you if it can be taught. I sometimes think it can. It. I th sometimes think it can be learned. You think it can? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I had an almost snarky exchange with someone last night um, where I was talking about uh, with regard to Roderick on the line and mentioning that thought technology of strodes, like it's a street and a road and what that means for urban planning and how the tax base in cities just dissolves if it's all Taco John's rather than like reusable buildings. And mm. it's just, it's a whole thing if you're ready to get radicalized. And this guy, I think in a very friendly way, like I said, um, <clears throat> hey, Merlin, could you like write something about this or describe more about it? I'm not going to watch a video all the way through. And, you know, I, 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 I appreciate the person's interest. And of, of course, you know, I, I want to be, I want to be civil, but I, I am given where I was with that. I'm pretty happy with what I said. Uh, oh man. Oh man. Look at that. Look at that. Okay. Uh, hang on. Let's just take a second. I'm almost done. Then we can leave. Hey, the jackhammer went away. That's I good. I was just right? going to say, I didn't need what I forgot about it. And it well, went away. you know, first make a hole. I bet, I bet, you know, you got to get in there. You, you, you make a hole, you get in there. They're finally getting into like putting down the new track, which is pretty, pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm not here to drag this fella, but, uh, he, he had said, uh, uh, oh yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, so I suggested this one. I'll put this in notes, too. Traditional development. This is really good from this wonderful book and uh, web series uh, called Strong Towns that I can highly recommend. And this very nice person said, could you occasionally share some articles? Uh, the fact is, I'm never going to click through to a video. And I, I hope this was a reasoned response. I said, well, curiosity is a very personal thing. And in my experience, it can rarely be stimulated extrinsically. But in some... Great cities are about the options that are available for ordinary people, and when we constrain or impoverish those options, our cities become less great.
which I hope was, was a good answer, but also uh, a clarion call to be curious. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and not just curious to like where you, where you like scratch an itch, but where you learn more about a thing. And back to our sort of pseudo original topic of things like Phil's directory, following your nose to go and learn about a thing you didn't know that you could learn about. That's the ongoing process of education that is now well beyond the scope of this episode. Has to be another episode. Are there any hanging threads? Did we leave anything hanging? A lot of strands. Quotes. A lot of strands, man. I probably I promised something. You know, I might need the audio files for this one. I'm sorry to say. I don't mind that. I think that's appropriate. Well, you got to do it though. I don't know um, what's going on with our Dropbox. I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure it out. You have anything else you want to say? I mean, I feel like you covered everything. I, yeah, I, I was. Was I well prepared? This was one of those times where I feel like you you rolled in fully prepared for anything. Oh, my God. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank, if I could have an erection, I'd have one right now. Wow. No, just a little one. A little guy. A little smoky. Yeah. All right. Well, in that case, uh, be my <laughs> erection. We'll say, uh, let's button this up. <laughs> All right. Don't be clever with me, Dan. I love you. <laughs> I love you too, Merlin, man. Thank you.